This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore, and this is The Breakfast Wrap for this Wednesday, January 25th. Well, weather-wise, we've got a snow event on its way, snowfall warning in effect for the GTA, looking at the possibility of accumulations between 15 and 20 centimeters. More on that through the morning on our show. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, well, a significant snow event is expected to start later this morning. Number two, a woman stabbed aboard a TTC streetcar. Number three, economists are worried as the Bank of Canada will increase the central bank rate today. Number four, Canada's passport backlog has been cleared. And number five, cafe TO costs are rising. Restaurateurs object. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. 5.07 is the time. Nick, are you determined to just haunt me this week with my high school music? No, this uh, actually has a meaning. Take on me, maybe. Snow's coming. Take take it on, man. Snow is coming. Snow is definitely coming, so let's review that. And we're going to talk to uh, Kelsey McEwen, actually, meteorologist from CTV, this morning for greater detail on this. And we have a snowfall warning in effect for the GTA. Possible accumulation now, the latest figures are 15 to 20 centimeters. Uh, visibility is going to be an issue because the wind is going to blow as high as 60 kilometers an hour. So everything's going to go sideways. I, my entire intention is finish the show this morning, go home, shut the door, make a coffee, take a nap, watch some Netflix. I know I'm going to have to walk the dog. And if we're going to get this much snow then it's higher than the dog, so that's always a bit problematic. Mercifully, uh, I don't know why my partner years ago bought a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey for the previous dog, but I don't think we even have that anymore. So that coat is not going on the dog today. It's not a Montreal Canadian sweater, is it? No, you know what? I know better because I've heard from an awful lot of people. They really cannot stand the fact that I follow the Canadians, but you got to understand, if... I, I think anybody born elsewhere gets it, that if you were born in, in a different jurisdiction, you probably root for that team. Uh, I don't root against the Toronto Maple Leafs necessarily. It's just that, you know, I got here 20 years ago and I'm still, I'm, I'm you know, you grow up with, a, somebody pointed out the last time I said that the Montreal Canadiens were the winningest sports franchise in history, they said, no, they aren't. The Yankees are. And you're right. The Yankees, I think it's 28. The Canadians is like 25. Um, but still, uh, but back to the weather and, and also back to, I realize it's a very small cohort of, uh, malcontents, but you know, I, I got an email yesterday from somebody saying, Oh, it's going to be a snow apocalypse. We're all going to die. It's not winter. We can't do listen, um, to the, here's a, a, a direct message to the person who sent me that I want you to get in your car at 10 o'clock this morning and drive to Barry, And then I want you to call me every hour to tell me how the weather is. Uh, just look for the person in the ditch. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, all we do here is flag the fact that there is going to be something happening. And in wintertime, much more than summer, I can't think of too many summer events aside from a down blast or a tornado. But in the wintertime, it affects things. And, 
you know, I think about Christmas time and how we ended up calling off Christmas for Pete's sake. We were supposed to hit the road on the 24th and drive to Montreal. And I was on the air on the 23rd with the forecast that said we were probably going to get hit with something. And actually the timeline on the 23rd was that it might be over by like, you know, maybe noon on the 24th. And so I kept thinking, ah, oh, man, we called off Christmas. We're not going to see my sister-in-law who I really like. Um, and, and how stupid, because by noon tomorrow, the sun's going to be out. It's going to be beautiful. And we're going to think we should have gone. No, by noon, there was a 22 car pileup in Prince Edward County. And even when we finally left on the 26th, there were trucks jackknifed between the lanes of highway traffic. There were cars. There was one car on its roof for Pete's sake. So yeah, you know. Yeah, it's perfectly natural that we're going to have a storm in winter. And it's also perfectly intelligent that maybe we make some plans. And maybe this is a day where you consider that the afternoon drive could be a mess. Maybe it's a day where you ask the boss, can I work from home and we can do this on Zoom? Because I really don't want to have to go home, even if I can get to the office this morning quite safely. So all through the day, we will be there with you to give you a real-time update on what's happening with the snow. John Torrey is going to join us this morning. We started a feature, was it the first time, Joe Cristiano, last week? Was that the first time that we did Mayor in the Morning? I think that was the second week. Yeah, okay. So we're on week number three. Okay. Just check it. Because John Torrey agreed to appear with us every Wednesday at 635. And the jeopardy in that for any political figure is if you make a hard appointment, then you must absolutely speak to things that on any other day you might, your, your personnel might have said, no, nah, the mayor's not available today. He's not going to talk about this. So we had a lot of stuff to talk about this morning, uh, including a letter that John Tory has written, which I can't talk about right now because there is what they call in the business an embargo on it. But he will break that embargo himself at 635. Um, but there are a lot of things to talk about with John Tory this morning, including the latest violent incident on the TTC. Woman in her 20s stabbed multiple times on a TTC streetcar yesterday on Spadina. And again, this appears to be a random attack by somebody that the victim did not know. And I know that there is a certain degree of, what would one say, uh, trouble in establishing patterns where they may or may not exist. But I think we've reached the point where we can say there is something kind of dangerous about the TTC these days. And an awful lot of people are rethinking about whether or not they want to be aboard the TTC. I saw the woman, the female passengers are running out in shock. And then they said, oh, it's a female stab stabber. I was shocked to see like uh, all the you know, crime scene investigators. It's definitely terrifying. And it is terrifying. And I, I cannot, you know, it'd be great if we could come up with some sort of overarching theory as to what's going on in our city or why the TTC in particular. I mean, the TTC is a place. It's kind of the nexus, right? I mean, millions of people are using it. Um, and, and it is a public area. And as the head of the union said on our show yesterday and as previously said, it has somehow become this extension of the Toronto 
shelter system where people just to warm up or to take a nap are getting into TTC stations or they get onto a bus or a streetcar and they just ride around. Um, but this latest incident heaped on top of all the others is, uh, I, I think, of pretty grave concern. So we'll see. I think, and I, I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, on a Monday, the mayor joined us especially, and he said, what would you do? And I don't know. I really don't know. But I think we need some sort of, um, so, yeah, I'm thinking of Cher slapping Nicholas Cage across the face in, um, what is it, uh, Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Yeah. She says, snap out of it. We need something like that. Something has to happen where for like a day, you know, on the TTC, maybe we put a police officer on every freaking bus and, and streetcar and in every police and in every uh, subway station. And it's just sort of, okay, everybody, we need to calm the crap down here. Our What's Toronto is talking about here is John Moore. John, we're going to have a messy commute uh, to and from work, especially going home today. Yeah, I mean, I'll certainly allow our weather people to do the heavy lifting on this one. But what Toronto's talking about is making plans for an afternoon commute that could be a problem. And then it all hinges on how long the snow stays with us as to whether or not tomorrow's drive in is a problem. So it's definitely something we're going to be monitoring here on News Talk 1010 and you guys on the traffic desk, especially monitoring at CP24. It seems like we're reporting on a new incident happening every single day on the TTC, on the subway, and now yesterday a woman was stabbed multiple times on a downtown streetcar. This is another incident, you're absolutely right, Arda, where somebody has been attacked seemingly at random by somebody they don't even know. A woman in her 20s was stabbed in the face and the neck. She is going to be okay, apparently. But what a harrowing, terrifying situation. And the broader issue, I think, is that people are looking at these incidents and beginning to wonder if they want to be anywhere near the TTC at all. John Tory, Mayor of Toronto, is going to be on News Talk 1010 this morning, a weekly appearance that he makes at 6.35, and will definitely be asking him about it. And actually, he has an announcement that I can't disclose right now because there's an embargo on it, but we'll be talking about it when he appears and you guys will have it very soon. Yes, we'll have it right after you at 6.50. And oh, speaking of what's happening on the TTC, four teens were actually charged in the swarming of two TTC employees on a bus. Again, there's a kind of a pattern that is very, very disturbing here when we think that we had these 13 to 16-year-old girls in the downtown who were accused of murdering a man before Christmas. Now we have this swarming incident that we were talking about yesterday in our segment here on uh, CP24 and News Talk 1010, and four teenagers, that's the crazy thing, four teenage boys have been arrested. And, uh, you know, I imagine they're waking up in a cell this morning and their parents are probably waking up thinking, what the heck went wrong? We're just watching videos. It's absolutely terrifying. Uh, let's move on to the Bank of Canada. They're set to announce the latest interest rate decision this morning in order to tame inflation. What are your thoughts on this? This is probably the last raising of the central bank rate, but it, it is expected to be a, a 0.25 raise in the central bank rate. And uh, Jim Stanford, who's an economist I have a lot of time for, is actually forecasting this may be a step too far. And he has concerns this could cause hundreds of thousands of Canadians to lose their jobs. It certainly is a lot of pressure for people, especially with variable rate mortgages and people who are raising their mortgages this year. But at the same time, I keep comparing 
comparing this to people saying, hey, the car's going too fast. Okay, I'll sink the brakes. No, we're slowing down. Uh, I mean, this is the medicine that our economy probably needs. Mm -hmm. And the city has announced proposed changes to the Cafe TO program, including people with disabilities to come and enjoy Cafe TO. Cafe TO was an idea during the pandemic to allow people to eat outside. And it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's revolutionized our city, but you can certainly see now there are a lot of attractive outdoor venues where you can sit and have a drink and sit and have a coffee or a meal. Uh, however, one of the changes that apparently is coming is the city is going to raise the charge that they assess for somebody who wants to do Cafe TO. So on the show today, we're going to be talking with some uh, representatives for the restaurant and bar industry who feel that they're being overcharged now for something that has become kind of a routine for them. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate it. You can catch all of these and more coming up on John Moore's show. Thank you. All right. That's our uh, joint segment where you get to, uh, if, you, if you really care. You know, I still think radio is a visual medium, but you can't see that I got a haircut yesterday or that I'm wearing a nice shirt today. So you can always check that out on CP24, but too late now if you're only listening on the radio. Um, so the Cafe TO business, just to uh, not necessarily bat clean up, because we're going to talk uh, about this on the show and it's on the roundtables this morning as well. Um, but yeah, the city is upping the charge. And I get it. The, the idea is if you're going to steal away lanes of traffic or... I guess, you know, uh, pieces of public land, then there might be a charge for that. But then the whole program was introduced in order to kind of save the restaurant and bar industry during COVID. So a lot of operators are like, yeah, hey, um, this was great. This allowed us to make some money during COVID. This will allow us to make a whack of money. It's enhanced street life in the city of Toronto as well. But why are you charging us so much? So after three years with no charges, quoting from the article here, city staff are recommending a one-time application fee of $865 for 2023, as well as an annual fee that would average about $1,500 for a sidewalk space and $3,000 for a curb lane space. And I don't know. You know what? I haven't had enough time this morning to decide what I think of this because I get that if you are surrendering lanes of traffic or taking over areas of sidewalk, that maybe there is um, not necessarily an expense to that, but that there is you know, fair compensation to the public purse. But also, I just think if we, if we think that this whole enterprise is worth having, then I'm not necessarily sure why we need to start charging for it. We did a really interesting uh, profile a while ago on our show of this company that you've probably noticed. They put up uh, most of the enterprises that have put up, for example, a patio that is in a formerly live lane of traffic are surrounded by these walls that are made of wood that's kind of like Lego. And so we talked to the guy who runs that company. And I, I just think the whole operation has been an enhancement in our city. Some of the um, you know, Robert Turner talks about uh, dying in the gutter, T.O. You know, in my neighborhood, 
it just feels a little perilous to be sitting in the in the street because the traffic is whizzing by on Young Street. But on the Danforth, I think it's been tremendous. And especially putting in, looping in bike lanes on the outside, protected bike lanes on the outside of where people are sitting in the former parking spaces, I think is brilliant because then you feel safe. You know, if you've got somebody driving past you six inches away, it's kind of terrifying. It's hard to eat. But if you have that protected bike lane, then that all of a sudden becomes, a, you know, it's a little Parisian, perhaps. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. 5.38 on a Wednesday morning with some snow coming our way. I'm very grateful that I have no appointments. I got nothing I need to do this afternoon, nothing I need to do tonight. And... It's uh, not entirely predictable how all of this is going to unfold today, but it does seem to be a significant snow event, so you may have to make some adjustments. It really is amazing how, you know, working from home used to be considered an eccentricity, right? Like you'd call in and say, I'm working from home today, and maybe you'd end up on a conference call or something like that. But mostly you'd either legitimately work from home or you would just goof off all day and uh, throw a ball around with the dog and you know go back to work the next day. Then along comes COVID and all of a sudden, I mean, I had never heard of Zoom until March of 2020. And now Zoom, you know, we went through that spasm where we were having Zoom cocktails and then we got sick to death of that. Um, and still my heart sinks, I have to say, when I see a Zoom panel on a screen because it's just there's something soul-sucking about being in a Zoom meeting. But at the very least, it is a technology available to us now. And for example, on Mondays, we have a meeting with the entire staff here, all the producers and the operators and uh, the hosts. And I jump in the car the minute our show is over and go home and then connect on that meeting and then press a button and it's gone at 10 a.m. And I'm sitting in my house, you know, I'm sitting in my living in my uh, in my office. So Zoom just became a technology that is by nature. And to the point where, and I, I hate to articulate this publicly, but um, I'm very sad that I don't know I'm ever gonna see any of my panelists again, because they can all connect on various technologies. Okay, um, Mike Shorman is the guy who paddleboarded across all five of the Great Lakes. And he's going to be joining us at six, well, after we do the five things you need to know, he's going to be joining us uh, to talk about his own struggles with mental health. And it is Bell Let's Talk Day. And I'm trying to think of how to frame things. Let's just say it used to be sort of a, a day where it was a bit of a frenzy. And we were all cheerleaders and we were saying, hey, you just need to text, just need to hashtag, tweet, Instagram, TikTok, whatever the hell other platforms there are. I've lost track. I'm getting old and cranky. Um, Don't and forget MySpace. My, yeah. <laughs> there are, I was astonished to discover, there are like 15 social media platforms. Anyway, it used to be that what we would do is tell you, you know, use the hashtag Bell Let's Talk, and the company will donate five cents every single time somebody does that. And this year, what the company decided to do, it's a bit of a more sober affair. Here on our show, we're going to have a couple of conversations about mental health. And I think they're two very powerful conversations. We pre-recorded them, one with Mike Shorman, 
um, the other with the mom, and it's not going to be a happy interview to listen to, but I really want you to hear what this mom has to say. Her 14-year-old daughter took her life. And so the framing of Bell Let's Talk Day this year is that the company's offering $10 million, not offering, the company is sending $10 million to mental health initiatives. And that's it. So you don't have to hashtag, you don't have to tweet, you don't have to get involved. And I know some people are somewhat jaundiced about the whole affair, but I still think that it has been very groundbreaking what this company has done about mental health to get people to talk about mental health. And, you know, when I had my own issues and I talked about it very frankly on the air, and then I did an interview that apparently people are still watching with Steve Paikin at TVO. And I still hear from people saying, you know, can you give me a hand? Can you give me just, you know, some sort of positive feedback? Can you give me some advice? And I don't know that back in the day, you know, people would have done that. They, they would have reached out to somebody in the media and said, I'm having a bit of a hard time. Can you give me a hand? Uh, I've already heard from John Tory, and I know he's listening right now. And all I have to tell you, John Tory, is I'll read this text shortly because um, I was busy getting ready for a segment. Uh, but I'm also going to talk with you at 635 this morning. And so I, I think it was about um, Dine T.O., and so John Tory can speak to those concerns at uh, 6.35 when he joins us this morning. Uh, another thing, obviously, we're going to ask him about, and I don't know that there's much to be added to things from the conversation John Tory and I had on Monday, but the, the worst part of some of the stuff that's going on in our city is when you end up with patterns. And those patterns may be coincidental or accidental, but the patterns are this. There are violent incidents that are happening in locations related to the TTC. And then there are violent incidents involving young people. And John Tory was advancing the idea on Monday that there's just sort of a general malaise and unrest out there as a result of two and a half years of COVID and lockdown and isolation and schools not being in session and you know, kids not being able to do things like sports or even go to over to their friends' houses at, at one point or another. And, you know, it's a theory definitely worth entertaining. I mean, we went through shock therapy through COVID. And I don't doubt that for everybody, there is collateral damage and for young people particularly. Because one of the things I'll always emphasize when we're talking about what the COVID lockdown did to us is... You know, if the difference for you is between the ages of 45 and 47, it's not that big a deal. If you didn't have your sweet 16, if you didn't have your high school graduation, if you didn't have, you know, the ritual of taking driving lessons and getting your license, it, the, the difference between 17 and 19 is astronomical. It's a measurable two-digit percentage of your life. So I don't doubt at all that that has had a, you know, an impact. And moving forward for the rest of our lives, probably a lot of these young people are, and, and we won't even be able to assess exactly what is it, you know, why is there more anxiety? Why is there more uh, suicidal ideation? Why is there more uh, marital strife? I, I honestly, you know, I hate to be a catastrophist, but I think all that lies ahead. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Okay, so let's get to one of our Bell Let's Talk conversations. Mike Shorman 
as you will remember, because we featured it prominently, crossed all five Great Lakes on a paddleboard. And he did it to raise money for mental health. And Mike and I have had some interesting conversations about mental health. So he joins us right now and uh, on, on Zoom, I might add. It's nice to see you. Nice to see you too, John. I just wanted to do a check, actually, because when I was telling my boss about the fact that you and I were going to be talking, he said, okay, so how did they train, you know, plot how he was going to transit across the lake? Do, you know, did they just find <laughs> the shortest possible route or how did that work? How did you plot that? It was all inspired by Vicki Keith's crossings from 1988. So lucky for me, like she didn't have this, but lucky for me, it's on the internet for roots. Um, and I went and I met with her and I asked her, you know, for her blessing and all of this. And we had it paved out since 1988. So yeah, it was pretty incredible. We we took her locations and we didn't launch from exactly where she launched from. Like we went down a little a little ways so that I would have my launch points and arrival points, but we did we did use her 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 crossings as um as in 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 our planning. Do you sometimes shake your head and still think, "Hey, I did that"? Uh, all the time, all the time. <laughs> okay, so the occasion of our conversation is to talk about mental health. So yeah. I, I I'm hoping you can give us a bit of an impression of the kind of challenges that you've faced and and overcome. I myself had a mental health breakdown in um in 2019 i lost my mobility and i i developed a neurological condition that caused hearing vertigo it changed my life um and i spent a year learning how to walk again and and i was being told that that i wouldn't that i wouldn't paddleboard or or do anything again and essentially i lost my business my independence my social life i felt very isolated and i stopped talking and communicating about what I was going through. And I just faced everything alone um, until it got too much. And and fortunately for me, I've got amazing parents and family and and they took me to a, to a crisis center and they dropped me off. And it was there that that I started communicating and, and talking a little bit and and that opened that just opened the floodgates <laughs> yeah. and um, and put me on the path to going on medication and and seeking treatment and putting me with a therapist and counselors and 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 then the recovery really began. Okay, but was this a neurological issue or is this entirely a mental health issue? No. So for me, I have a chronic neurological condition that I will live with for the rest of my life. I would say I'm plateaued at this point in the physical. I'm about 90% recovered from, you know, it, it went down to to almost nothing. And, and we spent a long time working on the physical. With mental health, there are points, you know, I, I live with anxiety that is chronic. Sometimes it can be debilitating. You know, while crossing the Great Lakes, there was an enormous amount of coverage because this was to raise funding and awareness for mental health. But there was a lot of coverage. You know, it was put into the spotlight with this. And and I, I struggle with anxiety. I'm I'm quite an introverted person. I like I like to be at home and and I'm a homebody. So so that was that was tough. But no, it's it's something that I work at constantly. And I think it's something that a lot of us struggle with mental health. 
yet people listening to us talking right now will say, dude, you crossed all five Great Lakes on a paddleboard. That's an extraordinary feat. So how could you be suffering from anything that, that might debilitate you? There's a film being made about this past summer. Last Yesterday, we we actually interviewed Michael Landsberg, who's going to be in the documentary. It's a mental, it's a, it's a documentary. Most of the leading mental health organizations, their directors or their chief medical officers are, are in it as expert interviews. And he was talking yesterday about interviewing Stanley Cup winner, who when he was reporting on off the record and and he sat down with his hockey player and and he talked about the depression that that hockey player was facing while he was in the Stanley Cup finals it just goes to show that you never really know what's going on with someone and what they and what they're facing in the in their personal life it's interesting you mentioned michael cuz uh, he was great sort of a wingman for me when I had some issues. The one thing he touches on a lot, he, he has this expression, he says, sick, not, not weak. Sick, and not weak. so I wanted to ask you about that because a lot of people would probably talk to somebody with anxiety issues or depression issues and say, uh, as a grandmother of mine used to say, you just got to get glad. Yeah, no, you know, sick, not weak is, is a movement and it's to change the conversation that people who who have mental illness and you know we that's 6.7 million canadians in this country who live with some sort of mental illness whether it be anxiety or stress or depression or, or ideation or any or something more serious and it's you know we don't talk about mental health the same as we do with physical health we don't put it in the same category and there's a big stigma and a shame to it so his catchphrase of sick not weak just because you're going through a mental illness doesn't mean that you're you're not strong. I believe it's helping change the conversation and remove some of that stigma that that is really there. Do you foresee that anxiety will be with you for forever? I do. I think it will be a part of my life. Yeah, for for probably the rest of my adult life. Um, I'm on medication for anxiety. Uh, I talk to medical professionals. I deal with it. And it's something that is a constant struggle. But at the same time, it's nothing where where like it used to be without those additions to my life. But it's something that I constantly have to work at. It's so common, like so many people live with anxiety. But no, it's definitely something that I I feel like it will be part of my life for forever. Mike, thank you for this. Always appreciate our conversations. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's Mike Shorman. And uh, as mentioned, he paddleboarded across all five of the Great Lakes. And I think it's worth reemphasizing what he said off the end of our conversation about how common anxiety and depression are. And I have heard from so many people about their their struggles. And also, you know, I had a guy quite recently actually reach out and I said, listen, I can't give you any hard advice. I think you got to talk to a professional and you got to talk to the people in your life. Um, but he wrote back and described his circumstances. And I thought, you know, it was that he's got financial challenges and he's a gig worker and he has a, a relative with psychological issues who's also a hoarder. And I thought, okay, it's one thing to be a person who has a roof over their heads and a regular income, who has a few struggles here or there. It's another to be up against the wall all the time, in which case 
you know, that's probably half the source of the anxiety that you're suffering anyway. It is just coming up to 5.56, so we're going to take a short break. And uh, we've got the 6 o'clock news dead ahead. And Preet Banerjee is on the morning brief this morning at 6.20. That's The Breakfast Wrap. Thanks a lot for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.